You know I love a high-low moment. From the heart of New York City. Morning, people. It's Morning People with Preston Conrad. Yep, into it. And it all starts right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited. I have a very special guest with me today. I have a dear friend and celebrity makeup artist, Tracy Murphy's in the house. Hi, Trace. Hi, Press. What's up? I've never called you Press before. I know. it's we. So Tracy and I usually see each other at work because yes. Tracy works with, you know. We work on photo shoots together. That's how we met, isn't it? We met what I want to say is probably like four years ago at this point. I feel like we're about to make out right now. <laughs> Guys, our microphone situation went through a bit of a kerfuffle this morning, and we're down to one mic, so we're sharing. It's kind of like um, Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're hearing a white noise in the background, we're going through a massive heat wave here in New York. It's about 113 out, I think. Yeah, I and so we had we the AC's on, so just deal with it, people. Yeah. <laughs> you got to just deal with it for us, because usually what we would do is for an optimal podcast setting, we would turn off all the air and forego our comfort for your enjoyment on air. We just can't today. Not today. Not Satan. today, Satan. <laughs> Trace. Okay, guys. Tracy Murphy. We met on set. We started working together on with I Target. Know, I know how we met. Is that um, our good friend Tom said? Oh, he said to me, "Oh, you should really meet Preston. He really loves Drag Race." <laughs> That's and I met you in the hallway. Yeah, we talked for probably twenty five minutes about Drag Race. I don't know what season it was. Probably season like seven or yeah. eight. And um, oh, my phone's beeping. I should turn that off. And he um, and I put you in my phone immediately as Preston, my new BFF. And, and so I usually do the same, but I I think I just saved you as Tracy Murphy. <laughs> guys, first of all, Tracy Murphy. I want you guys to all follow her on Instagram. Trace, what's your handle again? Tracy Murphy M U A like moi. Makeup artist. Which stands for makeup artist. So, Because, you know, a lot of the YouTube kids now do MUA. They do. Yeah, I do. I don't know that. Get, don't even get you started. Don't get me started. On the YouTube kids. Guys, Tracy's not from the YouTube generation. She's a proper, not that the YouTube artists are not proper makeup artists, but Tracy works with the creme de la creme. Like Kate Upton's makeup artist has done, You, I mean, you tell me. You tell me a little bit. Tell the guests a little bit about you. That's a bit of a. What do you do for a living? Okay. I'm a makeup artist. I'm. Born and raised in Flint, Michigan. I moved to New York in the 90s when I was 18. New you York can, in the 90s. You was can amazing. do the math. Um, oh, a little uh, tidbit that Preston told me today: the building we're currently currently recording is in the uh, Hell's Kitchen, mm -hmm. which was famously. Can you give us a little? Please? Yeah, in Hell's Kitchen. Well, you know, I'm not going to reveal the exact address of where we're recording, but <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. You know, Tracy came here in the 90s and you were very aware of the fun club scene that was going on and Limelight. I only got the very end of Limelight when I moved here. I only got like the end of it. But we're very near where Michael Alec murdered Angel from yes. Party Monster. Which is um, a terrible, terrible, um, awful situation that happened. It just was like very um, telling of the time because it just it turned really fun. It was really fun and it turned really evil and dark. And, and now the clubs don't even exist. And the clubs don't even exist. So. People are getting a green juice and going to Soul Cycle. Yeah, no one's <laughs> even going to the clubs anymore. So you came here in the 90s yes. when the clubs were hot. And did you come here to pursue your dream of being a makeup artist? Or did you come here as just a New York creative looking for their big break, bright lights, big city? So How'd gonna, you get here? So I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you know this about me, but when I was 17, I was obsessed with Sassy Magazine. And I at, at 11, I made 11 I don't think I've ever heard of Sassy Magazine. 
You've never heard of sassy? No. Okay. Are you being funny? No. Okay. I mean, do I? Oh, God. Have I? I don't, I don't know. Think, I'm going to tell gonna, you. All right. Let me Google so, it. Um, no, don't Google it. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So, because you, I don't want you to ruin the, what's going on the, the computer. podcast system here. So, anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is Moved that- Moved here in the 90s. Sassy Magazine, you were 17. <laughs> no, when I was 17, so I loved makeup. I made a magazine when I was 11 called Eleven Teen. Me and my friend were in it. I still have it. I should have brought it over. 12 teen. By, by 12 teen, I knew I was behind the camera. I was not in front of the camera. So I made those. Um, I did full magazines, like modeling. You're producing your own magazine. Yeah, when I was 11 and 12. Stop. One issue only of, of each. But anyway. Um, and How then many pages was this probably magazine? Probably 12 okay. pages. Okay. You would die. I'm going to bring them next I, see, I need to see them. Um, and then... So I was obsessed with Sassy Magazine. Sassy was like a teenage girl magazine, but it was for, um, it felt really punk rock and very riot girl, mm -hmm. like very, um, like Kathleen Hanna. They had Kurt um, Cobain and Courtney Love on the cover. Okay. So it was um, really like a radical. It was of that moment. It was of that moment. And meanwhile, everyone else is looking at 17 YM, and these are like your mom's magazines. Yeah. And Sassy was like a rebel magazine written by Jane Pratt was the editor. Yep. Jane went on to start Jane Magazine mm -hmm. and that whole thing. In any case, they started their first ever reader-produced issue, and they had um, people uh, entering to do, you know, write articles, be editors, take pictures, do hair and makeup, God, this is model. Height. This is like height of magazine. It's so funny because now we'd be talking about this as Instagram culture. Sure, probably, but, yeah. Okay, so, so what so, year is this, do we think? This was um, 90... It was 90. Okay. So I started, um, so I started, instead of studying for finals that last week of, of high school, I made um, my entry for Sassy Magazine, the reader produced issue, and I won the fucking- Stop. I won it. I won the contest. No. They flew me to New York City. It was supposed to be for three weeks to work on the magazine. They didn't have the budget, so it was, a th it was only three days. Me and my mom flew to New York City. Stop. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> because how did I never know this entire know. story? Because this is very similar to my Lion King story, which we'll get to <laughs> it another time. But so your bright lights, big city coming here with mom. Yes. So um, we stayed at the Gramercy Hotel. I went to the opening night of Disco 2000. It was like a Wednesday night because I remember because. And how old are you at this time? I was 17, 17 years old. So, I mean, are you kidding me? My mind was totally blown. And on that trip, I met this photographer called uh, uh, someone that had won the Sassy Magazine contest too was Carter Smith, and he told me he went to a college called FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology. And I wrote that down. This is pre-internet, so I wrote that down, and then I applied, and then I got in and moved to New York. So from that moment, you were like, okay, the first time you've heard of FIT, first time you're meeting photographers, first time you're in New York, and you're like this is the place for me. I'm going to thrive here. I had no idea that you could do makeup as a living. This is pre-internet, you guys. This is pre all that stuff. So it's just me in Flint, Michigan, like reading mastheads of magazines and trying to figure out how to get to New York. And I got my kind of my big break. And um, I met some amazing people. We did a, we did photo shoots all around Manhattan. We did, I did the cover of the magazine. So is this before you're with, so you get to New York when you first get here, you're not rep by your big agency you're with now. You're kind of like boots on the ground, yeah. doing the work yourself. I moved here when I was 18. I went to FIT, lived at the dorms, met all these amazing people. And um, after living in 
New York for a couple years, and then I moved to London for a year and worked at um, Bird, um, Tower Records. I loved it. It was so much fun. It was when Ray- I get such a punk vibe. I love, like, such a 90s, was, my so-called life moment. It was very 90s. I had my Doc Martens. Oh, my God. I was so depressed. But I knew not to pluck my eyebrows too thin. Thank God. That was like your one takeaway of 90s beauty? Yeah. <laughs> I ne- didn't do the skinny eyebrow. Cause- Is that why there's such interest? Because you're kind of known for what you do in- with the eyes now with all of your actresses. And you're kind of like the star of the eyes in the makeup world. Well, thank you. You are. I, I um, you know, I, 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 love, um, I love makeup. And I like sometimes the eyes are the... The thing, the go-to thing that really you can accentuate on someone. Okay, so you're in London. You come back to New York. When does it all kind of take off? When does the agency happen? Because a lot of people write me. They're like, I want to be a stylist. I want to be a makeup artist. I want to be whatever. And there's so much story for me to get into the backstory of having an agent, having a rep, having someone get work for me. Granted, I hustle and I'm out there meeting new people. But at the end of the day, my agent gets me the work, brings me the job through my connections and all that. So when did that 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 big moment happen for you? Oh, geez, there's a lot of in between there. So after moving back from London. I worked at a magazine for a year and a half. Um, I was just, I worked, I made $21,000 a year. I worked 14 hour days. I had twitches in both eyes. It was, I remember that I was, when I first moved to New York, I was offered a job at GQ working in the fashion closet, which was my dream at the time. Yeah. Um, a junior, junior, junior. I mean, this is fresh out of college and I think it was 20, Three thousand dollars permalance. There's the pay gap. There's the pay gap right there. Permalance, by the way. So no benefits. Basically full time without the commitment. So no benefits. No four hundred one k. No nothing. And it was not a livable wage. So all of my friends that did work at magazines and then went on to do bigger things because they had that editorial cred. Mm-hmm. They had a, you know, they they were getting a little help that I wasn't getting and I was really a self-starter. So I needed a job that paid the bills, not that just put it on my resume. So, which is why I went to Ralph Lauren and paid a little higher. Oh, I didn't so, know okay. so could you, so you went, you took the job. I took the job and, um, I worked really hard. I learned, I, I did not realize that working so hard like that, having double, having a twitch in both eyes. Saving... Had a, I've had twitch in this left eye for two and a half weeks. That's your right eye. <laughs> you just pointed it. <laughs> this eye. This eye right here. Left yeah, this left. I've had a twitch for two and a half weeks. Do you want me to what stop is it? You? Yeah, I'm gonna need it soon. <laughs> People say I'm over caffeinated and under and under rest. Yeah, that's probably it. That's New you York so? for yeah. you all the time. I had a friend. People are like, you need to rest and have less caffeine. I'm like, well, then I need to move. Well, so <laughs> I have a very good friend, John Roberts. You guys may know him. He is um, a comedian and an actor. He's and a musician. He's on. Um, just spit. Um, he's it. on Bob's Burgers. He's the voice of oh, Marge. Okay. Uh, that's his mom is Marge. He's the voice of Linda. Okay. In any case, he moved to LA for a couple of years and then he came back. And I remember when he said, when he came back to New York, he said, oh, I remember the feeling of New York. You're like always run down and like on the verge of getting sick. <laughs> what? On the verge. Just always like, I feel like you're permanently feels. saying I'm getting sick. I can't get sick right now. I'm getting sick. Everybody in New York is you're constantly like we're in LA. Everyone's like juiced up and relaxed and healthy and tan. Well, you know, also for a living, I mean, I touch people's feet for a living. I and touch you people's, people's schnozzes. Noses for a living. And when I say that, it's because on a photo shoot, I'm literally down tying people's shoes and like shoving their heels, their feet Biscuits. into high heels. <laughs> and you're like rubbing their noses yes. and doing their makeup. Yes. And then like touching people. And so, yeah, you get, you get sick. Those are the, the, le- the less glamorous, less glamorous so- moments of working in fashion. So trying to go back to your original question, which was, oh, so I worked at the magazine and then 
I, I assisted Patty Dubroff one weekend. She let me come on a photo shoot. She used to assist Francois Nars. So I, I mean, it was a big deal, big, big deal. And I sat there, I kept my mouth shut and I just, uh, watched and paid attention and there was no phones back then. So obviously that was, there was nothing to distract you too. Yeah. I feel like um, we'll get into this in a minute because Girl. it drives me up. But what we talked about this on set, everyone on their phone. It's so obnoxious. And young, the young people that are trying to help me, work with me, get a job, even they're with other people attention. I know, they're not paying attention. No, it's really exhausting. Um, it's just a, it's just a different world nowadays. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be though. I, but we'll get to that in yeah. a minute. But to, to answer your thing, so I, I worked with, uh, I worked with Patty Dubrov on the weekend, and I went, um, back, I went to the magazine on Monday morning, and I quit. And I said, I never looked back. Like, I'm like, that's it. I'm just doing makeup. So then I just assisted everyone I could. This was like, again, pre-website, pre-internet, all that kind of stuff. So, so are you fully freelance at this time? Like when you went, so freelance. you found the balls down there. You're like, I am, I know what's right for me. I'm not going to waste my time at the magazine. I'm on to new adventures. Yeah. And you were mentally ready to just be like, I'll find my next paycheck when I find my next paycheck. Yes. And also I was very fortunate because um, there was a new startup clothing company called Delia's. Oh my God. I wanted to be a Delia's girl. So <laughs> bad. I was obsessed with the Delia's. I think that honestly is one of the things that made me want to be a stylist. I loved the Delia's it catalog. Was, well, li living the Delia's catalog life. And we, they gave me a contract where I think it was like, I forget what it was, but like, I think I did at least 50 days a year, a year with them. Wait, how did we never talk about this? Because I, I, was I was darkly obsessed with I Delia's. I think I was like 20 or 21. And the models were, you know, like that's where I met Cassie, who is now, you know, she's a singer. Oh, oh, Cassie. you met Cassie. Yes, Cassie. Cassie. Oh, on Delia's? Yes, she, we used to call her Pickles <laughs> because she used to have really bad posture. So we'd, we'd, call, we'd say, you look like a pickle, like stand up straight. So we'd just scream Pickles. So we used to shout... I, I used to do all the DJing for the hold music. I used to DJ the photo shoots. I would do the makeup, DJ the photo shoots. She was giving you jack of all trades moment. Yeah, still I'm actually still DJing the photo shoots. Thank you. Gay, gay, gay. Follow Tracy me. has a playlist that we play on our big campaign shoots, and it's highly requested from the client, from the photographer, from the models, and it's called Gay, Gay, Gay. And it is a compilation. We've got everything from the village people to what? what? Well, George Michaels, oh, yeah. like a lot of house music. It's Whitney. Um, but I mean, how important is the music, the, the music vibe? Is... When you're on a photo shoot, it's all about the people that are together, that are in that room, creating, and the creating energy. Some, you, you're creating magic. Mm -hmm. Even if you're doing something very commercial, you're creating magic. You're creating a moment. Mm -hmm. You're trying to create something that feels really great. Cause at the, at the end of the day, the pictures don't look good. No one's get no one gets no. rehired. No, no one gets rehired. That's the other thing a lot of people think about when they, they ask me, they say, Oh, you're with this. How do you keep the same client? How are you always shooting that brand? How are you? Guys, it is not only do you have to be good at what you do, but you have to be a it's weird because you really have to be a people person too. I love people. I mean, I would talk to this thing for like 45 yeah. minutes, this like can of seltzer. I'm obsessed with people. So I like, I like the dog and pony show. Me too. But I know people that struggle because they aren't. I know. And that, it, that can be really hard. And I feel very fortunate that, um, I'm also a people person. I'm interested in people Me too. and everyone has a story. That's the other thing. You do learn a lot about yourself and human humanity. I think doing a job like our jobs, because you're getting people like when they're sick or when they're just off a red eye, it's not a normal job and you're only interacting with people in a 
very short amount of time, maybe and one you don't day. you know what's going on with their life. And you never know what's going on. So always be kind. Always. That's something I always, like, I rarely, you know, I, I ran into someone the other day. I was kind of a new meeting with someone from a television um, show and the person was like, oh, I thought you're so different than I thought you were. I thought you were kind of like a bitchy gay guy. And I was like, that literally is my is my absolute nightmare because if, I, if there's one thing I pride myself on, it's being nice to people yeah. and being kind and making people laugh. And you only have one reputation and that really bummed me out. So, I mean, I, I, I spun her and she now knows that I'm the freaking toast of the town. But Well, the thing is, I think one thing about this industry is that back in the day, it was very, very, very cool to be really mean. I Hello, Devil Wears Prada. When I watched, when I read the book, I was like, is this, is this, did, did I write this in my sleep? And then also when I um, saw the movie, everyone was laughing and I couldn't figure out what they were laughing about because it was like a documentary. Tell me that wasn't a little triggering watching that. Oh, it was majorly trigger, triggering. <laughs> yeah. And everyone, now, now it's so different. It's really cool to be nice. And if you are an asshole, you don't work. So I'm like, thank God it's, I can just be myself and be nice. I don't have to try to like, be too cool for school. That's so funny because when I, so I worked in court, you know, the corporate fashion, like in house forever. Mm -hmm. And these brands, it's like that movie or it used to be in the night, yeah. um, early two thousands. Mm -hmm. And it was like when that movie came out, like yeah. people checking my tags to make sure I was wearing the right designer into the, Oh yeah. Full blown. Ah. Making sure I fit into sample sizes, making what? jokes if I didn't to wear them in the office. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that movie was triggering to me, but now I look back on it as like an emotional love letter to, my time working right. for in that kind of weird world. And now everything's just fun and light for me. But I mean, very serious at the same time, because I'm doing great, important things, but it's a lot lighter. Well, the other thing is, is that um, it is very important to, we, and we're, I'm realizing this, we're saying the same thing. We both have paid our dues mm -hmm. and paying your dues is, doesn't have to be like me crying and, you know, every night and having double twitch in both eyes, but like that was paying my dues. I, paid, I cried. I paid my dues. I mean, I'm still paying my dues, but I think a lot of people. No, no, we're good. What? We're good. No, I'm just teeing up because we're going to have to go to a quick break in a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to have to go to a quick break. We're going to talk about more about paying your dues. We're going to talk about um, some tips that I want to give to the kids. Okay. It's just like, I feel like a very ADD conversation. We're all over the map. We're going to get back on track okay, after great. this quick break. Okay, thank you. Okay, guys, I am going to let you in on a little secret on how I launched my podcast. It is all about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform packed with creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for free so it can be heard on all your favorite platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to many, many more. Guys, you can also make money right from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, and we are back. We are so back. We're so back right now. We're talking about paying your dues. So, okay, we were kind of a little bit ADD because we're super excited about this podcast. Um, so going back to uh, the original question, which I still haven't quite finished. Was, the question was that I asked Tracy. I said, you know, you moved to New York on your own. You had the hustle, the drive to come here at a young age. When did it? really pop off to the level you're at now when you when you got an agent and the agent was getting you clients like Kate Upton and Target and these giant magazines like when did that 
peak happen for you? And I think this probably rolls into paying your dues, I'm guessing. Yes, it does. Good, good segue there. Nicely done. Um, so uh, I basically had said I I'd quit my job um, and I started full time um, testing. I got that uh, job. At Explain Beal- testing, because I think a lot of people like when I first signed with my agent, they wanted me to test. And I was like, honey, I'm too old at this point to test. I wasn't, you know, uh-huh. I, at this point I was in my mid thirties yeah. and I had been coming from the brand side of things. And I was like, I need to work jobs that pay. But explain for those out there who are maybe makeup artists, hairstylist, uh, photographers, Models. what is testing? Yeah. So testing is, it's what we used to call it back in the day, back in the day, building your book, or you guys call today like building content. So it's basically um, working for free. You get a, get a photographer, you get a hairdresser, a model, you, you know, if you're doing makeup, you're the, you bring the makeup side, um, a stylist, they bring the clothes, and then you guys get together and create a, you do a photo shoot. And you keep the photos you keep the photos, in your portfolio. Yeah, and then you show them as work. And that's how back in the day you'd show, you'd literally be showing your book saying, this is what I've created. And then people could, you know, see what you've done. And, um, it's like kind of like your resume in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is really important and it still doesn't, it doesn't end. It never, ever, ever, ever ends. No, but you're more selective about what you test. You know, if there's that's, a new big model true. and an agent calls you and says, do you want to test working with this model? It may behoove you to have photos of this model in your book because you know, she or he is about to do big things or yes. maybe there's a new photographer and, yeah. you know, we want, of course, take the paid jobs, but tests are important, again, to pay your dues. Totally. And so, um, and another thing about uh, testing is it can be really great because you can get really creative. And so that idea that you've been wanting to do, you can save up, um, you know, you can do it on, on that on that job because you're you're creating your own direction. So that's really great. So did all this testing lead you to being more like, I would say, quote, on the map with, with some of the big agents and some of the names in New York that would get you lead you to where you are now? So yes, that was one way. The other way, which was really great as a makeup artist, is that I would assist. I've literally assisted every makeup artist. Name, name them, I've assisted them. And what was so great about it is that I got to see all these different um, points of view, different aesthetics. I learned so much. I learned so much about technique. I learned about um, how to be on set, how to be with people. I learned so many things to this day and the opportunity to work with when you're on set with Pat McGrath and you're on a, a American. Program. I mean, look at Pat McGrath now makeup at every Sephora billion dollar brand. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you're getting to be with her, watch her techniques and, um, and be, uh, you know, backstage at a show or on a photo shoot meeting these people. Like it's, it's just put you in another stratosphere. So it's also, um, um, you can't put a price on that. No. Oh, and a lot of times in the 90s, we worked for free. I would assist for free. I would take myself to work for free just at the just to the opportunity to be there. Um, and that's really, I mean, I always say, like, if if you're not going to do it, someone else is. So my, well, that's why not my, you? Well, yeah. that's the thing that's, it's not, doesn't bother me. But, and look, I, I did a lot of things for free too, right? But in modern day, 2019 weird Instagram world. Oh, yeah. Like I'll need a help helper for something or someone to help me out create content or learn how to shoot video or assist me at Wendy Williams or whatever. The first thing people ask me that are new to me is how much it's going to pay. And I've never asked that. I never asked that. I did oh, the job first. Yeah. I still, I still don't really ask. How weird to ask that, right? I mean, these people and these, these kids are like 20 something 
yeah. and the first thing they ask, I mean, good for them, but I never, I think it's very different now, but I never did that. Uh, nor did I. And if, if I got paid, I was shocked. <laughs> I was, it was shocked. Just, yeah, it was icing on the cake it for It was you. just a pleasure to be there. I mean, I still would do my job for free. I love it so much. Well, let's not say that too loud on the podcast. Okay. I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> no, you're, okay, so when did, so, so keep going. Okay, so what I did, I was, um, I had my Delia's contract and I shoot, would shoot with them. I met amazing people doing that. I would do testing. I would assist. I would do fashion shows. I'd go to Europe. I would, I, my main squeeze was Dick Page. That's who I worked with the most. And I, he was always so fabulous to me and I learned so much from him and so many countless other makeup artists. And from that, my dream agent, um, offered me, um, a position or whatever it's called at the, at the agency, um, that was called Jed Root, and at the time, that's where Kevin. I got Jed Root. That's where Kevin Aquan was. That's where Dick Page was. It was it was my ultimate fantasy, and I and they were my agency for a long time. So that means you were basically signed onto their board. They repped you, and the agent would bring you new jobs and uh, maintain your clients and your billing for you. And then when Jed Root kind of ceased to exist, you moved to a new agency and that's who you're with today. Yes, correct. Statement artist, um, my fabulous agent, Danielle. She's amazing. I met her. She's so oh, yeah, sweet. She's you remember amazing. she came to set? Yes. She's so sweet. And Viviana, they're, they're really fabulous. How'd you meet Kate Upton? So, oh, this is a great story. We she were, is hot. I'm very into Kate Upton. Yeah, she is. She's such a goofball, which is, I know that she technically is very hot. But, yeah, but I think that makes her hotter. She's just such a goofball. And I, I, it's so weird that I have a friend that's like, 20 years younger than me, but like, I just love her and she's like, such a goof and she's like 26 going on like, you know, 40. Like, but she, she's recently married. Married Does she have, have a baby. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah, a yeah. baby Vivi. She's so cute. Um, Vivi Verlanda. Um, so Sorry, I just, I just kind of burped a little bit. It's okay. We're, we're chugging these I mean, seltzers. These seltzer waters like there's no tomorrow. Oh Heat wave God. kids. Heat wave. So you got to stay hydrated. So, so how'd you meet Kate? So um, I was doing a job for Sports Illustrated in a uh, swimsuit in Australia, and I'd heard about this girl, Kate Upton. She came in. She had kind of a sassy attitude. I think she'd had a bad experience at some point. You know, modeling can be really rough and hard, and I think she was only 19 or 20. And I was like, I need to see you because I, I need to see what how tan you are. Are we doing body makeup, whatever? Um, she came to my room, and she's like, was being kind of bratty. And I'm like, um, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, we're going to make you tanner. And then I was like, I'm going to force this girl to laugh. And then like, I just, I don't know what we, we just started laughing and we've never stopped. And that's what that, and you, from that moment is how you're so close. I mean, you're, you're at her wedding. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. I literally almost walked her down the aisle. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's so, me and the hairdresser were like holding her, uh, train and her and her father were walking down the aisle when we were like behind them. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing with makeup artists, with glam squads, you get so close to your client. I mean, you're part of their family. You're also people that are in the inner, inner, innermost circle of trust. Yes. And, um, people have insecurities, people, you know, you know, what makes them tick, what they don't like. I mean, you become family. Yeah, it's, I know it's a, such a, and I just was giving a class recently and I was saying this, it's such a privilege to be able to be, um, to, to be, you know, to be doing makeup or hair or styling on someone. Cause it's really, you're helping this person. They're trusting you with like how they're revealing themselves to the world. It's really, it's a hugely important job. That's why I'm like body dysmorphia issues, like to the moon. And I can't 
imagine what it feels like when I do my job, you know, how for, we can get oh, like forceful. Yes. Like, Here, honey, put these jeans on here. You know, you never take it. Sometimes you have to take a minute, step back and realize you're dealing with, I mean, the, the way someone's being. looks is so important and how they feel. It, it, absolutely. And I know I'm, I've struggled with this for many, many years because I'm very, very lefty, liberal, feminist type person. And I've had a really hard time kind of mar um, bringing in the idea of my job because it's I'm like, does this just feel so superficial? And it's taken me years to get through it. But actually, no, it's actually hugely, hugely deep. And I've been now I'm so proud of that. And I love that. I get to really change the way people feel about themselves. Well, that's what, I mean, that's a huge part of it. Like, I love that, like, I was like a cheese ball for makeover shows. Because I, I, love, I, I love, I mean, you know, I hosted a makeover show on TLC. You told me that. Yeah. I've never seen it. I have to but see you it. have to, I mean, we got canceled, honey, after season <laughs> one. I, I told you, I was like, I'm, I, I was like, I'm going to retire off this. It's going to be on it's going to be on syndicated for 35 years. What was it and called? Tell the it kids. was called Style by Jury. I talked about it in episode one when I was just flying solo on the podcast. But um, there's an element I love about my job that is making people feel better. And this, I mean, I grew up like chubby in the middle of nowhere and never cared about, you know, taking care of myself, shopping, never had money to do that. And thought this world was the most weird, bizarre. Right. I never knew this world existed. Right. And now I like to be able to share what I've learned, help people grow. And that's what I liked about the makeover show and what I like about working as a stylist, to be honest with you. It's, it's so, it's just, it's so fun. And it's such a, it's again, such a privilege. You know, it's a privilege working with RuPaul. Oh my God. <laughs> How did, you, oh we my have God. to tell the kids, cause there are some okay. people on the podcast that love RuPaul's Drag Race. Not um, more than me. No. Not more than me. Tracy is the ultimate super fan, but this kind of parlays back to Kate Upton. Kate was a guest judge, right, on season yes. 10. Yes. And guess who was there doing your makeup? So basically, Kate said, text me and said, hey, I've got this. Um, they want me to do ra drag race. What do you think? And I said, you have to do it. it I'm Did you not fly through the I phone? I like flew myself there and stayed at her house. Oh, yeah. And I, I was like, this is a Make-A-Wish Foundation, like, for me. Like, she basically, she was thrilled to do it and was great on it and loves the show. But she basically, like, had no choice. Without getting um, into a lawsuit with anyone, give us some behind-the-scenes scoop <laughs> of, of RuPaul's Drag Race. Let, Hours, people, it was, personalities. Uh, okay, so what I can reveal, reveal, is that, okay, I'm a super fan, like you said. I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race since the moment it came on, and I have... When there was, like, Vaseline. You know they filmed that in Ru's Garage? Season one I was live, in Ru's Garage. He was like, Flemis. I'm producing a show. Well, it was so genius and smart, and, um, and it's... It, Drag race in general is more, it's more than just about, you know, drag way more. So that's what's, that's a whole nother podcast. I might have you on just for a whole episode about drag a, race. Do I have a, what? I have my, something in my nose? Something's in your nose. <gasps> is it gone? <laughs> well, we're sharing this mic. It's so close. I really I'm, can literally see up your nose. But you got the nose hairs out for me the other day. Let me work. see. Look up. No, she's still in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you tell okay. the kids. I'm going to take, hold on one second. Okay. Don't you tell about drag race. Okay, I'm gonna tell tell the kids about drag race. So, um, <laughs> if you could see what I'm watching right now, is it out? So it's out. It's out. Okay. Let me see. Yeah, sh no, you need to blow your nose. Oh. All right, I'll okay. right back. Go. So anyway, so this is what happened with with drag race. So 
Uh, it was a two-day shoot. It was the um, Snatch Game, and it was so incredible. Me and the hairdresser, John Ruggiero. Ruggiero? Who's a fabulous, hysterical person. Okay, back. And here, let me see. Oh, she's clean as a, <laughs> clean as a whistle. Um, Irish Spring. Oh, that's they're good. not an advertiser. That's my drag ring. No, they're not. Irish Spring is probably no longer in business, but they're not an advertiser. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, so um, uh, it was it was um, a two day shoot. My one of my favorite favorite things about it is that it was ice cold. Two day shoot to do one episode. To right? one episode. Yeah. It was a snatch game. It was the season with um, Aquaria when she won. Oh, wait. Did I tell you Aquaria was in Soul Cycle the other day with me? You told me. Yeah. Snatched. Snatched. Of course. Yeah. She wasn't in drag, obviously. Yeah. Can you imagine the makeup and the towels? No. Imagine <laughs> the color of the towels after. That's what I look like after <laughs> class. It looks like Bianca Del Rio took class after. They're neon orange when I leave Soul Cycle. Tan off. Bronzer off. I need to bring my own black towels. But that's a whole other story. Do you know wear a headband? No, honey. I, like I would. To, I like to be, you know, I'm a bit of a peacock. I like to, <laughs> I, I pretend like my hair is like here and I, and I like, <laughs> whip, so you, when it's wet, I whip it. It's like you're in um flash dance or something? Yeah. On a bike. Living her fantasy. Living her 80s fantasy. Oh, good. I love so it. So I pretend I'm like a super fit flash dance moment. Well, that, you got to get into character because that's the only way to get through Soul Cycle, I find. Honey, it's church for me, but that's, again, another tangent. I can't even get that's, on to I know, it is. So you, okay. It makes so, you so high. You're so high. High. For the whole day. As a kite. I know. It's fabulous. So it's a two-day shoot for two one episode. Shoot, one episode. It is fr freezing cold in the studio, which is my favorite, favorite. Let's just tell everybody what the air conditioner <laughs> right now. I, hopefully, I think it's set at 56. Feel my hand. I just it's set to fifty six degrees. So that's basically what it's like in the studio. So we're and in the middle. So their, of, their drag makeup doesn't melt. Melt. So we're in the middle of like a, you know I don't know where we're shooting in in, in um, somewhere near L A. And it was probably one hundred and ten degrees out. And we're inside this dark studio and it's freezing cold. I was literally the happiest happiest I've ever been. And they let they let you do touch ups for hours. You can just do a touch up. And I, I think Rue gets in. I want to say they get in at seven in the morning. And How then, long is glam? And then they're uh, ready to shoot at one p.m. They're ready to shoot at one six hey. hours. Yes, yes. So, so wait, is it? But it's there's no. So there's no way the show is an eight hour day. No, it's usually like I think we had two like ten hour days maybe. And that's not no overtime. That's just like that's the day. Yeah, and I honestly I could have I, I wished it was longer. So he so Rue let's say goes into glam seven a.m ready around one and then you start shooting the runway at one and you just do it over and over and over again? No, they do it twice. Once they go through, uh, these are the secrets. So I hope I'm not getting in trouble, but, but no, I think this is a well-known okay. thing so, of how they produce the show. So one, one thing is that they go through the, um, they do runway. I think it's with no music or anything. And then they do it again, then with the music and then the comments, those comments are live comments. Like Live while saying, the girls when are they're there. saying like fresh tilapia honey, <laughs> yeah. and when they're or say, like uh, she's a sea of honey butter honey, or like what, I, <laughs> what you know. a, so, some like quick, uh, quick witted thing. They're literally writing those down as they and come that's out. happening live, and like those they're so fast. And Carson was there when I was there, and he was, and Michelle and Brew, they were just amazing. how many times do they cut and like stop? No, none for the runway. Oh, no, no, they no, they just go. <gasps> 
they just they just wing it. Yeah, I mean it's like a real real competition. Um, and then when they do the um, the lip sync at the end, the whole the crew comes out, and I, which is the best thing ever because it's a bunch of straight dudes and yeah, like like guys women. like gaffer guys, yeah, like gaffer no, guys, like bros who yeah. are like cheering for the queens. It's it's like the most heartwarming thing. Wait, so when Rue is like, "Oh my God, I'm gay," yeah, like that's all real time. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all real time. Yeah, you're, they're, they're, that's all real. They're, you only do the lip sync once. And then how long is the time um, the uh, while the judges and I deliberate, you'll go back to how long is that? Um, I'm I my memory's yeah, horrible. It's a while. But I think I wanna say it was no more than an hour, maybe. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh I thought it was like half the day. <laughs> then they bring them back. No, okay, yeah. I imagine maybe it's probably we broke pretty for quick. lunch, maybe. I don't I don't remember to be honest. And then how long, last question, how long do the queens have to get have to get ready? Does it take forever? Is it just like hours for the queens to get ready? I mean, I think they're probably starting yeah. really early in the morning. And uh, I mean, I think they're really, really working very, very We hard. have to do a whole Drag Race episode and you will be the only, well, I'm going to have one person in from LA calling in. Mia's going to call in from LA. You're going to be here. I'm going to be here. And we're going to do a three-way. What about Mary? Oh yeah. Mary will be on too. So we'll have two in from LA, two here. It'll be a four-way. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. We'll do a yes. digital thing. Now, listen, we're getting near to the end of our time. Already? Um, can you believe it? No. We're almost at a 40-minute show. <sighs> but there's something I want to ask you that I'm going to ask all my guests. And by the way, I want to encourage everybody to follow Tracy on Instagram. Tracy Murphy, M-U-A, as in makeup artist, right? Yes. No yeah. E in Tracy. Yeah, just T-R-A-C-Y um, for behind the scenes of what it's like to work in fashion, to see all of her work to see little cameos of all these people you get to work with, all these celebrities. But I want to ask you two things. You could make it three if you want. Probably you won't keep it at two. I don't know. Two things you wish you had known before you got into this line of work, before you got into your world. So two things you wish someone had told you ahead of time. Um, I guess uh, it, well, it's a, it's a roller coaster. I didn't really quite understand that. Like you never, you really never know when your next job is coming. It gets easier as you get older and stuff, but it's a really unpredictable business and lifestyle. I didn't quite really understand that before. You mean, so, because I get a lot of questions too from people on the socials about money. Yeah. And they are always like, you know, is freelance, can I do freelance? I, I work in doing X, Y, Z. I do love having a paycheck. For me, it was a personal choice of what I knew was right for me. But uh, roller coaster, you mean just from your day to day, financially, everything? Everything. And I will say, this is a quote I heard someone, I, I'm forgetting, it was another makeup artist. We were on a panel at a makeup show, and he said, You have to hustle 24 7 to not have a nine to five. And that chilled me to the bone. And I said, Yeah, you're right. It's so and, true. And honestly, I would never, I wouldn't have it any other way. I can't imagine. I mean, I followed my dreams. I didn't, I had no idea. Ignorance is bliss because I. Do you feel like you really followed your dreams? I, I followed my dreams. I'm literally living my dream. And I mean, you're literally the reason why this podcast was created is <laughs> because people want to, we're at a weird time in culture where um, the internet and social media is empowering everybody to be their own brand, do their own thing. Yeah. And no one wants to work for the man. Everyone wants to be the man. Yeah. And you were the man from day one, right? So that's the kind of people I want to have yeah. in this orbit that I want to talk to. But okay, so that's the first thing that it's a roller coaster. What's number two? I'd say surround yourself with really, really good people, especially people that you are also like-minded and work also working with, because you'll all come up together. And that's really important to have that 
support system, that sense of community, because it is, um, it's a, you know, it's a chaotic business and life. It's, you know, what like when you have a nine to five, because I've had one, you have your like your work crew and you go for your happy hour. And when you work on your own, it, it, that's so valid. You want to you want to have a network of people who get your weird schedule and your mm -hmm. sometimes like I remember when I first starting out, like, oh, I'm not going on that trip. What, who's paying for that? You know, your mom, like, I'm not going on that trip. I can't afford that. So it's important to be with people that get the life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tracy, this has been amazing. I can't thank you enough for coming all the way here in a heat wave. I know it's, it's really, I can't, Have I kept you cold enough. I'm no, not even not yeah, No, yes. I'm kidding. I'm very cold and hydrated. Thank you. Okay. So you'll come back and join me for the four way call. of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yes. Yes. But that's gotta be at least a 10 hour podcast. Okay. That'll be a 10 hour podcast guys. <laughs> if you have any questions for me, for Tracy, uh, feel free to email them in morning people with Preston at gmail.com. Send over your notes. I'll get them over to Tracy if you have any questions. Um, and we will talk to you soon. And in the meantime, stay stylish. Want to say bye? Bye. bye. <laughs>